All right, Open Mike Eagle. I would not go as far as to call him the homie. He is the homie in passing. He's the casual homie, I guess. 2009, as I explained on the show, around 2009, 2010-ish, scouring the internet, looking hard, busting my ass, trying to find anything related to another artist. I talked about it on the show, kind of. The artist in question has released great albums such as Paula Thought Balloon, Mushroom Cloud, and it's very stimulating with Prince Paul. So if you don't know who I'm talking about, I've mentioned that on the show, but just obsessing almost over this artist's music, like trying to find some new music, trying to find anything else on the internet. I came up on Open Mike Eagle, had a song with him. So it was kind of the whole, you know, by association. You know how you go on Amazon. And they basically say, if you like this, then you might like this. So I was like, right, let me try this open my Eagle guy out. And in whatever year that was, when Rappers Will Die of Natural Causes came out, it was like Open Mike Eagle wasn't huge, but he was big enough. And this is a metric out there to know just how popping you are as an indie artist. He was big enough to have that album, Rappers Will Die of Natural Causes, available for free pirating, for stealing, for whatever you want to call it, free download. So basically, if no one can find your music online, like for free, I mean, now there's just, just forget about it. You almost might as well not put music out on the internet you know streamable music you might as well not put streamable music out on the internet for the intent of selling it uh you might want to just give people like a sneak preview of what like three or four songs sound like from your album and then then they're like forced to buy it or go on itunes or something because it's it's ridiculous that's all i'll say i i found ways to steal whole albums off of Bandcamp in the past like it's it goes down okay it doesn't go down in the DM anymore because I'm married, but it goes down as far as stealing albums and the like is concerned. But yeah, he was big enough for the album Rappers Will Die of Natural Causes to be freely available. Someone else, you know, had it up. I downloaded it and I became a fan and I was like, I fuck with this. Like, this is a new... I don't... I, I can't really sum up his because like his he's grown as an artist a lot over the years but like a big subplot or a big subtext in his music has been the almost the fragility of black masculinity like it's okay to be fragile on the mic like you don't have to be the tough guy all the time you know on the mic and uh, there was a lot of that on that album Rappers Will Die of Natural Causes. And I loved it. I wasn't so crazy about Animal Hospital, but I gave it a try. And there, there were some songs that I that I did like on that. And then just, just fast forward through, you know, the whole rigmarole. Um, like, this was at a point when I discovered his music. I didn't know I would ever be living in Los Angeles. And 
and I think when I heard the album, I kind of like mentioned him on Twitter, and I was like, more people, like he's important, more people need to know about his music, and then he was just kind of like, yeah, maybe one day, you know, the world will catch on. At this point, 2016, the world has kind of caught on. The world has caught on. He's had television appearances. I mean, he's he's growing as an artist, and I'm glad that we got the chance to knock out this podcast at this point because who knows how big he'll be, you know, years from now. Like, years from now, he might be, like, almost too big to just grant anybody podcast time. So, um, interviewed him when Dark Comedy came out. Dark Comedy is a great album. Interviewed him uh, for my personal website. He just, you know, we did a phone interview for my personal website. And bumped into him one time at low end theory i was leaving as he was coming in introduced myself you know he was all oh, good to meet you finally so on and so forth you know we just interact from time to time on social media and everything fast forward to me having this podcast and he was gracious enough to extend me some of his time there seemed to be a little bit of hesitance with the answers i don't know if he likes doing interviews uh, but there seemed to be a little bit of kind of hesitant i mean i would probably be hesitant to if i was in growing rapper okay he's like on he's kind of on the cusp of the mainstream i would say uh from my understanding he's a family man growing rapper family man random i'm not really that random but like an internet semi-stranger you know inviting them into your household to interview you like that I can understand the hesitance, but uh, I think the interview went pretty well, and I get the sense, especially from one of the answers I gave, where he was like, I don't like anybody, Um, I get the sense that there's some of the misanthrope energy going on there, and and I can relate, I'm the same way, it's like, kind of, he likes what he likes, he loves what he loves, likes what he likes, and if it's outside of that bubble or outside of that you know the things he likes and he might not fuck with it and you know i'm very much the same way so i so i do understand that but i think we had a pretty good conversation enjoy uh thank you again open my eagle and he has an album coming out i apologize if i get the date wrong uh he has a new album out on mellow music group coming out i believe march 25th i'm being very lazy right now too lazy to go to the band camp while recording but uh if you if you go to open my eagle twitter mike underscore eagle if you go to mellow music groups website you can find out more about this album coming out march i believe it's march 25th uh he kind of alluded to it on my show he said you know there you can definitely check for some things coming out soon like this was recorded early january he said you can definitely check for some things coming out soon that i'm not really at liberty to speak about and then off the mic he told me new album in march and since the time of our meeting he the press release is out and the whole rigmarole okay so again that's mike underscore eagle on twitter that is mellow music groups Bandcamp. And I'm sure at this point, 
if you are a Pitchfork reader, I believe you've gotten wind of that. I think they like premiered the, the lead single, something of that sort. Let's get into the show. I'm just rambling at this point, but thank you again, Mike Eagle, if you do get to listen to this. All right, and thank you to all my listeners. Peace. I went to bed at midnight, and then the clock said one, two, three. Go ahead and close your eyelids. And then tell me what you see Cause every word that comes through me It was born in a nightmare I met some old friends recently They on a whole new frequency I made some new friends the other day But they was talking about colorways You can't rock clothes like Kanye and go home to frozen entree. Yo, give me food truck tacos, heavy sour cream, no cilantro. Raps all postmodern, a bunch of style orphans, but no fathers. I stay familiar with my lineage and spend a lot of time defending it. Think I would have made a great panther. I used to be a break dancer, and I used to smoke a pack a day. But I got scared of the face cancer. I pray to God, like Esther Rowe, that I'd be blessed with some breath control. I went to bed at midnight, and then the clock said one, two, three. Go ahead and close your eyelids And then tell me what you see Cause every word that comes through me It was born in a nightmare Yo I want shag on my floor chart carpeting An old guy singing four part harmony Go to the valley get a manager Who specializes in porn star marketing I wish every day was Halloween I'd be Frylock from the Aqua Teens Why? I don't know why Maybe to make the time go by Maybe I got bats in my belfry But if it was that, who could tell me? You say the things that you overheard I see the things that you don't observe the written life strictly synthesized It tricks the eyes like lower thirds I see the future for city niggas Game banging with samplers on midi triggers A different future for rural folks Cause that'll be where the tourists go To take pictures of families with real life first Cousins, sisters and aunties Got a heart like a Buick motor And play my part like a super soldier I got a mind like a steel toe I'll be walking on my heels though The internet and the cables out Man, I should go get a paper route I went to bed at midnight And then the clock said one, two, three Go ahead and close your eyelids 
And then tell me what you see Cause every word that comes through me It was born in a nightmare Alright, we're here with Open Mic Eagle Yo, a uh, couple of questions to start Well, first off, I'm a big fan uh, of your show Okay, thanks Secret Skin I'm, I am a uh, Secret Skinner <laughs> That's uh, awesome, I'm one man. of them um, That's dope, thank you To start, there will be no uh, Hannibal Burris questions No Hellfire Club yes! questions today Oh, uh, victory that, that was a great uh, piece you wrote for Passion of White Thank you, Where you were saying like the, the questions you were just uh, sick of Yeah, you know, the, they come a lot and they put me in a weird position Those kinds of things, you know So I'm thankful that, uh, that that's had some positive benefit on my life No problem <laughs> uh, Let's see here, so you've been in L.A. for... Uh, quite some time, longer than me. I've been here since 2012. Yeah, I uh, got here in 04. If I'm not mistaken, you kind of cut your teeth out here uh, with Project Bloat. Yep, definitely. Okay, definitely. so I've been here since 2012. I don't know that much about Project Bloat, but I hear about it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like, is there anywhere I could go maybe online? Like, is there a documentary? Is there like an article or a podcast that talks about, you know, at length? Like, kind of the history of Project Load? No, the history isn't told anywhere yet. I know there's been a few attempts at interviewing everybody. Like, I feel like I've done a few, you know, like, there's been a few times where they've rounded everybody up and done, like, documentary-style interviews. Uh, None of those has been finished yet, as far as I know. Uh, So, yeah, the only, you know, the only way to really know about it now is just kind of talking about, talking to people who were there, um... If you ever see the This Is The Life documentary about the good life, mm-hmm. um, it's it pretty much covers the history of that movement until right when the Project Glow starts. Uh, so that's a good, you know, that's a, that's a, I mean, in itself, it's an awesome movie, too. But uh, it kind of gets at the creation of the blow and it continues a lot of the energy that came from the good life. Um, and other than that, if you if you look up on YouTube. Uh, there's a guy, I think his name is DST Zero on YouTube, and he's got crazy blowed footage, just like, uh, you know, a quite quite a bit of clips uh, throughout time of people performing at the blow, a lot of before my time even, so that's a good place to check things out too. Okay, like what are some of your uh, fondest memories as being, you know, involved in Project Blow? Um, just being on that corner in Cyphers, um... Like, most of my memories of being at the Blode is, uh, like, not in the Blode for the actual event, but outside the Blode rapping. I mean, there'd be hundreds of people outside in different ciphers rapping. And, um, you know, my what I miss about the Blode the blow most is having a place to go and do that. You know, stay sharp and, and, and the camaraderie that came from from that. Um, you know, the almost the entirety of my musical um, experience... In LA has been informed by, you know, people I met and things that happened in Project Glow. Okay, now you're you're pretty good at uh, freestyling. Did you develop that ability, you know, as part of Project Glow or before that, or yeah, before that, I started rapping in high school um, when I was like sixteen. Psalm um, One, same high school. Yeah, I heard your episode with her. Yeah, okay. me and Psalm One, uh, Riff Napalm, Mister um, Akil, a couple other folks that are that are doing it out in Chicago. Um, yeah, we all started together, but, um, 
like I started as a freestyle rapper. Uh, I rapped for about five or six years before I ever really recorded anything on my own. Um, so my, you know, my foundation is freestyling. But my foundation was kind of built on a Chicago way of freestyling, which is very different than how people freestyled out here. And um, I feel like I rounded out my freestyle education out here because I, I, I came from a different, a different place with different kind of values about it. Okay, so like, how do, how does that process work? Of just is it just something you just keep you know just practicing it? Yeah, definitely. It's like so everybody you, everybody's terrible at first. Okay. Like I've never met somebody who just started freestyling and was just naturally good. Like it just takes a lot of practice and time. Um, it's really it really is a craft, and you have to like teach your brain how to find words on time. You know what I mean? And uh, it's just the kind of thing. The more practice you have, the easier it comes. Okay, I think I read uh, a Reddit you did uh, around dark comedy time, mm-hmm. and I think you were saying that, and this is something uh, that I'm, I'm kind of going, I'm a husband right now, so sure. this is something I'm, I'm going through right now. Sure. Um, you were saying that you lost a job, and then with the you know support of your significant other, you were, allowed, you were able to basically go full-time. Yep. Uh, how was that process at first? Like, was, uh, it, was it scary? Was very it Very scary. The freedom, like, what was the freedom like? Uh, uh, I mean, it didn't feel like freedom because I felt okay. I felt an immediate guilt, um, an immediate um, you know desire to replace the money that was lost mm-hmm. by you know the income that was lost by me losing my job. Um, so I didn't really get comfortable for a while, you know, with uh, with how I basically had to learn to regiment my day. Um, in a way that I felt satisfied going to bed every night that I like put in a day's work, mm-hmm. and and you know, luckily that wasn't too hard for me to do because I enjoy you know working on this stuff. I enjoy writing and recording and and the hours that it takes to communicate with people and maintain business and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, it was it was difficult to not feel like I was uh, coasting by doing something I enjoyed, it, especially because it wasn't making. A lot of money at first. Okay. Yeah, because uh, basically my wife just came to me yesterday and she's like ready to quit her job. Mm. And I'm like, I, you know, I got to support you through that. That's right. Because I, like, I, I prefer you not be miserable. Than, That's the same thing my wife yeah. said to me. She preferred that I not be miserable. You know, yeah. at least try it out. Now, you know, I mean, it's, it's, man, I got laid off in 2009. So, you know, going into seven years later now, it's, you know. It, about about five years in is when it started to like make more financial sense, and okay. now you know now it's like a, it firmly does. So, would you have any advice for anyone looking to make that switch from you know a day job to just pursuing their their passion full time? Uh, partner with people. Try to find ways to work with people who are already doing it. Um, I think the worst thing to do now is somehow people feel more agency to do now because of the internet is to kind of just start on their own and just, you know, set up a van camp, set up what, you know, and you can do that. You can start an account anywhere. You can start, you know, broadcasting what you're doing. But if you're not working with other people helping you to get the word out about it, no matter what the product or endeavor is, then it's basically just you talking to people you already know. Mm-hmm. And the stuff, and nothing that you're doing is getting exposed to outside, you know, outside parties. So you're not really able, you're not putting yourself in a position to like grow a market for anything if you're just talking to people you already know. 
Okay. So you just recently uh, released the project Time and Materials mm -hmm. uh, with uh, Serengeti as a group name. Uh, Kavanaugh, would you say that kind of represents where you are, you know, most recently creatively? Um, I wouldn't say time-wise that's where I am most recently. I would say that that was a way to make things that I wanted to do and I'd always wanted to do and, uh, and, and, and was fortunate enough to be able to do it with, with him, a good friend and somebody whose work I really love. Um, and I think anytime we get together, we'll probably do the same, use the same methods and we'll get similar results. But, you know, like on my own creatively, it's, it's not, it's not exactly the same. You know what I mean? It's like, that's a, that, that was a method and a process that yielded that result. And then when I'm on my own, I'm kind of, um, uh, doing things a different way, doing things more the way that I typically do, because we approach that very differently. How we made it. Okay, so what was what was different about that compared to how you usually approach things? Uh, it wasn't. It would like I, I tend to overthink things on my own, and we didn't do that. Uh, you know, I tend to get production from other places, and we didn't do that. We made everything ourselves, um, and we really kind of just went with feeling in a way that I don't typically do. I typically go with thought, um, but in that endeavor, um. You know, more than anything, I was striving to go for feeling. Um, and like I said, when we and him get together, it'll probably continue to be like that. But on my own, um, I, I I think I have a little bit more feeling in my work now, but there's still a lot of thought. That's still kind of like my home base. Okay, and uh, it's kind of like I'm introducing you to my audience for the sure. first time. People that have never heard of you. So would you have a song from your catalog that you feel like kind of sums up kind of who you are, excuse Ooh. me, creatively or, or as a person? I always like to tell people to go listen to the song I made called Dishes. That's okay. on my album called Rappers Without Natural Causes. I feel like that's a good a good entry point. Um, that was uh, where I got introduced to you. Yeah. Heavily searching in that for anything MC Paul Barman related. <laughs> and then the Getaway, uh, the Get Along Gang song was on there. Word. So I was like, okay, I'll check this dude out. And then I was a fan. And, okay, you know, cool. That's, that's cetera, tight. Cetera. I let Paul know he's helping me out. <laughs> yeah, that, that's how that uh, started. So so Dishes, uh, yeah, Dishes. Be a song. But then, you know, a lot of people like a bunch of songs on dark comedy, mm -hmm. like Qualifiers and Very Much Money and um, and off of a special episode, that EP, Dark Comedy Late Show, is something people have been really into and Ziggy Starfish. Um, they aren't necessarily my favorite things I've ever done, but they're mm -hmm. things that people respond to very much. So, uh, you know, I would also recommend those for casual people since casual people still tend to like those. All right, let's get into uh, Dark Comedy Late Show. Sure. We have a fucking incredible show for you tonight. Pardon me for saying fucking on network television. I'm not going to have this job for long. It's Exile. It's me. It's you. These are our guests. Let's go. Yeah. Gave up and became a Spotifyer Paying myself a fraction of a penny playing qualifiers I'm looking up and I'm stuck in a Chucky movie Saying yucky shit to chuckles like it's Lucky Louie So somebody better cancel me Before I get a chance to screen this ass naked dance routine It's dark comedy, cold as a soldier stare I've been exposed and so now the lows is my overwear And I'm a polar bear with words for a fancy song I think it's the first verse from Little Miss Can't Be Wrong <laughs> Fuck you, I like to spin doctors 
that dude's friend's father were just an imposter. The new internet things to be pretend odd with non-prescription thick rim frames of rented gym lockers. I'm a rapper, we lament being broke. All the comics get money, but they spend it on coke. You can watch this on the news feeds, fucking y'all's warnings up until America admits that it likes dogs more than us. And I can see the Super Bowls of the future, the Ferguson Blacks versus Missouri State Troopers, the privacy rights versus the personal computers, concussion researchers versus university boosters. I graduated college, I purchased all the extra books. I'm supposed to be living in a house with a breakfast nook. Joke's on me though, all this cheap alcohol and no Coke Zero. A shame how proximity kills your heroes. Hey yo, no poking, I'm still woke, CeeLo. Yeah, it's all ripped from the headlines. I'm all out of options like a crip on the red line. I got a deadline before I never had a deal. Stormed out of business meetings, slip on mass banana peels. I should probably shut my stupid mouth shirtless in a fur hat and Vladimir Putin out. And North Korea's got practice missiles. And I still check Yahoo, cause we both got attachment issues. Our Congress moves just like a coke could. Invade Iraq 15 times in my adulthood. And we quit asking for the reasons And click the Constitution's terms of service agreements We're dreaming from sundown to high noon And woke up by U2 albums all in your iTunes And it's close to an all-out war With kids being murdered just for being black and tall outdoors They respond to demonstrations wearing Kevlar briefs When the main problem is nobody respects our grief They say if it bends it's funny, if it breaks it ain't though I still got broke pockets and trying to host a late show Recording it every night, but I don't know where the tape go Homeless fashionistas tell me everything that they know Yeah, you got a style Tie them fancy sandals up, smile You want the NSA's candid cameras now I'm in a church basement learning Shotokan Saw Jesus taking a selfie and I photobombed it do better tag me A little recognition makes me do better gladly Like this one time when I got booed at a track meet in a hellfire club sweater for two letter athletes One for regret dreams, one for most suppressed team Pressure valve gets released and sprays like a jet stream Carcanized and Z Capuigis from Chess King Kmart name brands were the least interesting I appreciated presidential speeches on the West Wing I never had wet dreams or piloted an X-Wing I'm still terrible at being sarcastic, black My man Exile, he knows what I'm laughing at My man Toy Light, he knows what I'm laughing at The studio audience knows what I'm laughing at Laughing at all types of shit, I laugh at, uh... CNN, I don't know why It might be an issue, there might be a problem, actually It's not, it's not a humorous channel, you know what I mean? It's not trying to compete with Comedy Central. If anything, it's trying to compete with Headline News, which I'm pretty sure is like the same company. Or it's trying to compete with uh, MSNBC, kind of. MSNBC is blue and to the left. And CNN is red, white, and black, and in the middle. And Fox News is bright red and hollering, and on the right. And there's an elephant and a donkey, and then an Ella donkey fent. A donkey fent. Uh... Hella donkerfint shit.
All right, so uh, before we get to the album we've come to discuss today, another uh, another group that I wanted to ask you about, because I'm sure most of my audience is unfamiliar uh, with them. Uh, they might be giants. Tell me yeah, about man. them. Uh, they are a... They've been called a nerd rock band, an alt rock band, a post punk band. Um, they really are their own sound. That's why they're very hard to quantify. I mean, it's um, uh, its basis is these two guys named John, John Flansburg and John Linnell. They started in the late seventies, early eighties in New York. Um, you know, they're 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 musical. The musical presentation, like it's very technical. Um, very melodic, like classically trained almost, um, and and they'll go all over the place with different types of sounds. They have you know songs that sound like uh, marching bands. They have songs that sound like just straight ahead, um, kind of punk rock almost. Um, they're you know they have accordions a lot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Violins and, and different instruments that you wouldn't typically uh, think would be present. And, uh, and rock music. And, um, you know, their melodies do a lot for me. Like, I really love the way they they approach melody. But then, you know, also subject matter tends to be very uh, personal and layered and sometimes really uh, pointed. Like, they'll have, a, you know, they have a song about this painter named James K. Polk and it's kind of like a Wikipedia article, but I just, I just love it. Um, they have a song about no, that was the president. It was James K. Polk. Um, what was the painter's name? Um, I cannot remember his name. But um, yeah, they make songs about people sometimes. And I mean, I, there's no way for me to really accurately explain what it is they do. Okay. Um, but it's been hugely impactful for me since I was like a little kid, and I still follow you know their music very closely today. I was vaguely familiar. Like we're around the same age, and mm-hmm. uh, I grew up kind of you know watching MTV. I was mostly into MTV rap, yeah, but yeah. I would. You know, I was familiar kind of with like the, the big name artists that would be on there, but uh, I haven't really jumped into their music. But I, I, I understand that you're. It's a leap, you're man. A fan. It's definitely okay. a leap. It, it doesn't sound anything like mine. I mean, it's funny because a few people who are close to me can start, you know, they if they've heard a lot of They Might Be Giants, they can see a little bit of the influence. But it's, you know, it's a very different kind of music, you know. Okay. So the album we've come to discuss today. Uh, it's very appropriate with the weather we've been having no, uh, yeah, the past couple of days. I agree. Uh, rainy, I listen, rainy weather music for sure. I listened to it this morning. Uh, it's, it's it's a beautiful album, but it's very kind of dark and and heavy at times. Uh, that is uh, Gil Scott Heron, Pieces of a Man. Yeah. Uh, so when I reached out to you about doing the show, uh, what made you uh, think to discuss this album? Uh, you know, and I and I got down to a couple choices, and and what actually tipped it in favor of this album was that uh, I was thinking about what was the last album I really listened to, and didn't really skip anything. Um, okay. And I was just on the road with Serengeti, which is doing some uh, some U.S. dates, and um, yeah, and I put that album on while we were driving, and I didn't touch it, you know, and just let it play all the way through, and um, it's, I mean. The the way that it spans emotionally, like it it it, it has stuff like, you know, save the children, mm-hmm. um, you know, like Lady Day and John Coltrane, like great song, yeah, and the stuff that's really like uplifting and and um, and and presenting a person who would like to 
you know, present positive change on the world. But then there's also songs about like him being a junkie. Yeah. And and not wanting to come home. And, yeah. You know, and watching the world fall apart, you know, and, and, and that sort of emotional range, you know, especially like a black American man in the seventies, you know, like uh being being strong enough to, to show those two sides. I mean, a lot of people talk about the duality in black American music. And I think a lot of times, like, people, like, I don't agree with it a lot of times, because I think a lot of times what people are talking about strikes me more as a hypocrisy. Um, But this, to me, like, you know, when you present a guy who wants peace and positivity for the world and a guy who's also a heroin addict and not happy about it, like, I get that, you know what I mean? Like, that's two different images for sure but i could easily see how that could be the same person and it could be hard to talk about both of those things whereas like sometimes i think when people talk about duality they're like oh this guy talks about lifting up women and he also talks about fucking you know what i mean I'm like classic tupac yeah i'm like okay you know what i mean like I, I i see how those are two kind of opposing viewpoints but i think you know i don't i don't think a person is being honest there about whether or not they're being part of the problem you know what i mean i think Gil Scott is very honest about the negative things in his life. Mm -hmm. And I think that presents a duality in a way that I can appreciate more. Okay, uh, if there was a song, you know, that you would want to play on the show, what would that be? I think Through the Needle's Eye. Circles spinning faster and getting larger all the time. A whirlpool spell disaster for all the people who don't rhyme. Him who don't fit through the needle's eye. Him who just don't understand. Understand. Every morning and 
simply push their lives aside They seem to carry all their feelings Crushed and crumpled up inside questions on my mind but he didn't want to answer me god the whole world must be blind him who don't fit through the needles eye you may someday go for the past couple of years uh a big part of your career has been like the intersection of rap and comedy mm-hmm. uh what are some i guess moments or things that you know that you love that have combined both um i would say you know a lot of them are shows that i've been a part of like there was a show called wits that was produced out in um st paul minnesota that went out over um public radio and npr stations across the country they played it out here in l.a too um there was like a live theater show. It featured comics and it featured musicians, and I was able to be on it a couple times. And like to me, it's like the perfect kind of show. Like, um, I prefer that sort of format over most kinds of entertainment. Like, um, you know, like the Chris Gethard show, or um, even the variety show I was doing out here. Um, and I never quite got it perfectly how I wanted, but the presentation of um, live comedy and live music together is always uh to me it's really satisfying in a way that you know one or the other never really is on their own uh well well i kind of meant like uh like any albums or any you know any things like that kind of like you know how de la soul kind of incorporated you know both or you know huh um there's ghostface definitely i've always liked prince paul's approach to mm-hmm. it um how he would incorporate, you know, 
very thoughtful skits into albums and, and really go the extra mile to try to produce them and make them sound good and make them funny. Um, you know, he was a big influence on me in that way, just how you could show personality in ways other than just through the music itself and, and show what you value. You know, like I think when you show people what you think is funny, it kind of roundabout shows people like what kind of person you are. And I've always been really interested in anybody who can find ways to do that in rap music, especially. Uh, have you ever heard his album Psychoanalysis? Oh yeah, it's bugged out yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like yeah, it's it's there's some there's some awesome songs on there that I can't play for nobody because yeah, <laughs> they're wildly out. inappropriate. Um, but then there's a song on there called "You Make Me" or "You Made Me." Mm-hmm. Which is probably one of the most beautiful things in the world, just in terms of like a hip hop instrumental. I tend not to even really like instrumental music, but there's some there's some great stuff on that record. You mean more to me than just a phase, baby. You're the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. Some girls have to wear makeup and wear fancy mauve clothes to be appealing. And that's you, baby.
and another uh, big passion of yours is wrestling. Professional wrestling, as you can see yep. on the television here right now. Yep. Uh, would you say that there is kind of an overlap with rap and wrestling? Because I know a lot of rappers are wrestling fans. I mean, to me, like, I look at wrestlers, I look at rappers, I look at stand-up comics, I look at writers. I mean, anytime when you're you're involved in something where you're a singular entity, and I know there's, like, you know, there's tag teams or whatever, and there's writing teams, and there's rap groups, but, like, when it comes down to it, I think all these in, these industries are powered by a singular creative energy, entity, I should say, and then that person just kind of has to figure out and and I love it in wrestling because it happens live like you go out there in front of people who are not put in any position to like you or dislike you uh as a preconceived notion so you go out there and you do your thing and if you've got it figured out it fucking works and if you're still figuring out maybe it don't work you know and I think that kind of live feedback is just really really fascinating to me and I think it translates over into what you know, and definitely, I feel like that when I'm doing a show live, it's like, okay, is what I'm doing working? Am I? They they use the term "getting over" in wrestling, and I always feel like that's a great term. Like, if you know, am I? Are my songs getting over at this show? And then you know, you think about a stand-up, are the jokes getting over with this crowd? You know, like, I think there's similarities to how a similarities to the psychology, you know, of how each of those entities has to go about becoming successful. You know. Okay. So, uh, the idea I get from some of your music is that you can be sort of a recluse or cynical. Yeah. A little bit about the world. Big fat cynic, man. Okay. I don't like nothing. Okay. But you... I love everybody. But I don't like nothing. I don't, be- <laughs> like, I love people, but I don't believe in them for shit. You know? Got it. That thing. I used to be so hopeful. None of that shit no more. I, I totally understand. Yeah. Uh, but would you say uh, doing Secret Skin has made you more personable as far as, you know, no, you know why? Because I only talk to people I know already. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so I'm not I'm not having to leap over any hurdles of um, of trying to um, ingratiate myself to somebody I don't know. I mean, the most I've had to do is talk to people I'm intimidated by. Mm-hmm. That's fucking exciting. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, no, not really. It hasn't made me any more personable. Um, it's taught me a lot about myself, though. Um. I think I started it because I thought that everybody had secret shit they were dealing with. Mm-hmm. That's not true. <laughs> everybody so, doesn't? No. Because uh. a lot of people deal with their shit out in the open. Got it. It's like, ain't that a bitch? I didn't realize that that was even a possibility. <laughs> but apparently, a ton of people just do that. You okay. know? So I'm like, oh, okay. I think I started this thinking that everybody was like me. And they are not. And when you say they uh, they deal with it out in the open, they just, you know, they're public about whatever they're go- going through? Or? Yeah. Okay. They put it all out there. You know, and and, I, and I've learned that different people get frustrated because people don't necessarily respond to what they put out there. I don't really put nothing out there, though. Mm-hmm. You know? And I, and I think I assumed that a lot of people weren't putting anything out there. It's not true. Got it. Yeah. I, I definitely understand that because on my side podcast, kind of, where mm-hmm. I just play music, uh, I I kind of give my life to the world. Mm. That, that, that's my form of therapy. Oh wow! Yeah, just just talk, like without going into super specifics. Do people respond on, on to that? Do people ask uh, you stuff about? I don't I don't have enough of a following. I see people that know me and like really care about what I'm doing. They'll listen, but it's it's a it's a very 
uh, small. I think about that a lot because I listen, you know, my podcast Cherry was popped by Mark Marin, you know what I mean, in terms mm-hmm. of really digging into a podcast and becoming a huge fan of one. And um, I remember when I first heard his stuff, how his intros would be long and meandering and personal. I used to be like, what? why does he do this? Mm-hmm. Then it, it, it clicked, like, oh, that's that's the hook of the show, is him yep. and his personal life. And, and following him through those journeys is just as important part of the show as whoever he's talking to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and I see that people, people really respond to that from him. And I, and I wonder about that myself. Like, should I just start putting more my shit out there? It's just so not in my nature, though. I, I think it works with you talking about, you know, what's going on as far as your career. And, you know, just letting... Kind of letting your stuff out into the music. Kind of mm-hmm. like subtly and just, you know, letting your guests... You know, say whatever they feel uh, comfortable saying. Word, word. Would you uh, have any podcasts that you recommend for people to listen to? I only listen to wrestling podcasts right now. That's all you listen to? So, uh, yeah, I have like a rotation of like six or seven of them. Got it. And that's that's my whole thing right now. I've been trying to... Um, you ever heard Alec Baldwin's podcast? I have not. It's fucking incredible. Is it? It's not wrestling at all. Uh, and he puts it out very sporadically. But it's because he is who he is... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he you know he'll, he'll talk to Jimmy Fallon, and it's like two dudes having a real conversation. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I and I appreciate that. Like him and Lauren Michaels will really sit down and have a, it's not Lauren Michaels. Uh, you know, philosophizing. It's like two dudes talking. You know, and I I really enjoy podcasts where um all the airs are taken out, and it's just like. Real communication between humans. I really enjoy that. Got it. Uh, so, I, I get the sense also from listening to Secret Skin, like compared to, let's say, uh, which project was that? Uh, maybe Animal Hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like you're enjoying being an artist more these days. Uh, is that the result of just you know sticking to it, or would you say like the the acclaim has has kind of helped that? I think it's, I think both of those things together. Okay. Um, I think when I made Animal Hospital, um, like that didn't go well, really. Okay. You know what I mean? Like that album didn't really like, you know, perform well, right? And um, and I've come to understand now, and it's because it's very obscure, and uh, and I didn't bother explaining it to anybody. Actually, I purposely didn't explain to people what it was about. Um, and you know, and then, you know, then there's some some technical stuff too. Reasons I don't think that it necessarily cut through and touched people the way that I planned it would or hoped that it might. And um, but I didn't really know all that at the time. So like when the reaction happened, and then you got like a little okay, you got a little bit of exposure, and then you know, kind of leveled. I was thinking, oh, like maybe this is just this is just all there is. Like this is maybe this is just my ceiling. You know what I mean? And that was really bothering me, I think. And then um, when I put out Dark Comedy and saw what happens when a record goes well, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, so, yeah, so in, in, it's a combination of sticking with it mm-hmm. and, like, the critical response. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I can uh, achieve all sorts of things if people like what I do. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, like, the, the whole LA Weekly... Uh 
what were you MC of the year or yeah they gave me rapper of the, of the year. year LA rapper he was at 2014 I think yeah rapper of the year and that was you know off the off the strength of uh, dark comedy going so well it was it's funny because now they, they do rap profiles of the city don't talk about me at all you know what I mean? it just it just one year later no mention <laughs> that was really funny man that was really funny but you know there's a lot of rap going on in this city and it's a lot so you know it was surprising me to get that accolade in the first place it's like i, I don't have money like the rest of these people you know um but yeah, it worked out and it was cool. But it's like it's hard. And what it looks like is journalistic wise, it's hard to uh, have an eye on it all. You know what I mean? If you're paying attention to what TDE is doing really closely, it's like really hard to also pay attention to what every indie rapper in the city is doing. Mm-hmm. Ten thousand. You have to really care. Yeah, you got to really, care about you gotta the really care. And you know, so it surprised me that they cared that year. Got it. You know. Okay, so finally, are you at liberty to say anything about the picture with Eric Andre, Danny Brown, ASAP Rocky? Yeah, because um, it's just like a big mystery. We'll we'll, we'll be on the show. We, we oh, it's on did, his show. Yeah, we okay. all did an episode. It'll be yeah. out, I think, sometime soon. Like, well, I'm not, I'm not sure when that season starts, but um, okay. it should be on this time soon. I'm actually really deathly afraid of something I said on there, and I'm like kind of hoping it gets cut out. But okay. it's also the thing where if it does get cut out, that might mean that I might get cut out. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, oh, hope they find a way to put in the funny part and take out this weird thing I said. They had us freestyling. Okay. So I might have made a boo boo. Okay. We'll see. We'll see if, if they if they if they were kind to me. So that's for the Adult Swim show, correct? Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Okay, finally, uh, tell everybody, I guess, where they can find you, you know, on the internet, uh, social media-wise. I am always hiding on Tumblr at MikeEaglesThinks.tumblr.com, and I'm always on Twitter um, poking my head out every now and then, saying something stupid and running away. Uh, It's at Mike underscore Eagle on Twitter. Oh, God, on Facebook, I really, yeah. I mean, you can follow me there. I don't say much. Yeah, I'm... uh, I wasn't a Facebook guy. I mean, I'm still not very much of a Facebook guy. It's just for pictures, you know. Yeah, man. Keeping up with uh, family and friends, and yeah, keep. I'm staying. That's how I stay frightened of all my family and friends. It's another world. Yeah, they're trying to. They're gonna fuck up. They're gonna fuck up Twitter and make it Facebook, man. You heard about what yeah. they're doing, right? Yeah, ten thousand characters. Oh fuck, now yeah. there's nowhere to hide from everybody's too many damn words. Dude. Every yeah, yeah. That that won't be good. Like it'll just be Facebook, basically. It'll like like stupid. the people that are not swift enough to yeah, man. to boundaries are important in life. Yeah. The They're people that are not swift important. enough to contain their thoughts within one hundred forty characters, they will then, you know, have freedom to run wild on Twitter. It's gonna be real stupid. Yeah, because Facebook is it's a mess. It is. It's a mess. I don't like, know parts of it. I mean I just be on there promoting shit and you know, occasionally I'll run through the timeline and see what I should be sad about. I'm like, are some of these people real? Like, are some of these people in their ideas and their thoughts on how the world is working? Are they real people or are they like, <sighs> like Facebook. agents, like trying to distract? Like, They're it's Facebook people. Man. Yeah, it's a, it's another world. So uh, I keep my internet experience highly curated. Yeah, you have to, I, and I, and that's so on Facebook. I pluck people out of my timeline all the time. Okay, mute the shit out of people on Twitter, and I, I say that knowing full well that I get muted too. Yeah. You know. But I think it's very important to customize everything that's customizable 
to not expose yourself to the assholes of the internet because there's so many of them. There's, there's a lot of Ugh. them. There's a lot of them. So uh, what do you have coming up for the rest of 2016? You're about to tour? Uh, yeah, about to go Europe. to Europe. Uh, next week, we had to Europe. Me and Dave do for uh, some Kavanaugh shows. And then um, we got some more Kavanaugh shows in the Midwest when we come back. Uh, Chicago, Milwaukee, Madison, and Minneapolis. And then... Um, yeah, and I got some some stuff happening after that that I can't talk about yet. Got it. But very soon, you'll hear about stuff. We'll look forward to Hey, uh, check out uh, Secret Skin. I'm sure we'll hear about whatever you're talking oh, yeah. about. Yeah, you'll hear way too much about it there. All right. <laughs> InfiniteGuest.org? Yep, yep. InfiniteGuest.org. Secret Skin. And it's Skin. weekly now. It is weekly until... It's going to be changing soon. Okay. In about 10 weeks, it'll be changing soon. But uh, for now, it'll be weekly unless I put out in a bunch of interviews that we have in the can. Sounds good. I thank you for uh, coming through. Thank you for coming to my house. All right. All right. Uh, Take care. Peace. Have a good day. Peace.